G'day guys and welcome to the NRL Fantasy Preview for the West Tigers. You've got the Jay Warrior and Brenton here to dissect, look through and work out how we could fit in one Tiger into our team if we need to. Brenton, how are we going? Yeah, going good, mate. It's um, It's been a bit of a long day down this way. I've just finished a five-hour drive coming back from New South Wales, but um, raring to go for one of the more um, interesting teams to try and um, try and put content out for. Yeah, five-hour drive. That sounds like you did three hours' worth of work, so that's a good day in my books. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got a stinker over here in Christchurch uh, in Ashburton, so it was 32 degrees. So, yeah, I did about the same amount of work. Three hours was more than enough before it got too hot. Just before we start, be sure to join us for all the fun and social media posts. We are at Talking League on TikTok. Talking League Pod on Facebook, Talking League Pod on Instagram, and Talking League One on Twitter. So you can find all those handles at www.talkingleague.com. Now, as we look at the Tigers, they're going for a three-peat, but unfortunately for them, it's not the Penrith-style three-peat. It's the three-peat of Spoons, because they have finished last in the previous two years. But if we look at their gains, I've got uh, Solomon Alimalo from uh, Rugby Union, Solomona Fatape, Latu Fainu, Samuelu Fainu, Aidan Caesar, and Jaden Sullivan. But on the negatives, they lose Luke Brooks, Aitatasi James, Dane Laurie, Ken Mamalo, Joe Ofungawe, Tommy Talao, that's a big loss, and Brandon Waken. So, with all these signings, Brenton, what's your initial takeaway? Have they, will they improve or decline? It's hard to decline when you're at the bottom, isn't it? So. Yeah, well, the only way is up, realistically. Um, I think it's going to be mainly on how those halves pairings come through. Um, we've discussed it multiple times where the Tigers pack, they seem to have such good names in there on paper to, for a pretty, pretty kind of go forward. They've got a good crafty hooker and Appy Corusau. It's just a matter of how do those halves finish off those sets of six. Um, I think that's going to be the more interesting one. Um, they unearthed Jareem Buller, which was fantastic for a lot of coaches last year. Um, and, you know, new board, everything going on in Tiger Town. Um, I, I do see improvement. I don't, maybe not a top eight, but, um, you know, the, again, the only way's up. Yeah, well, that's true. On the gains and losses, we probably could have mentioned that they've lost their entire board, but they've replaced it with Shane Richardson and Benji Marshall as the sole head coach this year. So there's definitely been change sweep through the place. They start their season with a bye, and that's a bit niggly for fantasy players, but it's probably good for them because it's been the first time they'll be in the top eight this season. <laughs> uh, then they go on to play Canberra, Cronulla, Eels, the Dolphins and the Dragons. So a little bit of a soft draw to start with, and that could give them a bit of confidence being um, not uh, at the bottom. Would you agree? Yeah, uh, the only thing I don't agree with is that they actually won't be in the top eight. They'll be ninth, funny enough, with the bye. 
because um, the other eight teams who play will have a better for and against. Um, but you know, I think it's 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 not too bad for them. They just they have the extra week of preseason. I just I, I think it may affect them a little bit in the long run. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, they've got a little bit more solidarity up in the up in the top office. Um, so yeah, again, I, I see improvement in them, uh, but I don't think they should be expecting a top eight finish. No, but any improvement is good, and I guess that that's really what it comes down to when we start looking at value because we're always looking for a little bit of bounce back or a little bit of improvement and when we see improvement that can um, mean players going up so let's look at our first category uh, Brenton how good is this bloke our stud so who would your stud be or we could say a potential buy but obviously with having that buy we're not picking them up in round one yeah the the round one buy is going to be so difficult and especially for the the genuine guns who you've had in the past there's already a good amount of either mid-rangers or guns that you can get who are going to play round one so if you're after a consistent option who you're willing to wait a week on um i'd be going a john bateman um, I know he had a slow start last year. Um, he obviously was coming over from England and then was a bit um, lethargic from it. Um, and he had four of his six scores were actually below 50. Um, but then after, from round 11 onwards, he only had two scores below 50. Uh, so the, he's extremely consistent. He's got a really good work rate. He's got that amount of aggression that you really want in your forward pack. And the <laughs> it depends on if the Sean Bloor and Justin Ollum is a swap or if Bloor plays for a year, but I could also potentially see him play in the 13 if Bloor stays. Um, and if that's the case, he has a chance of dual position later on down the track. He obviously can't get it because they won't name a team in round one and he's only an edge now. But in that, um, when they do the first release of dual positions and he is the 13, um, there is the potential there. But So one to look at for trials for that one. Yeah, the fact that he also started last season unfit and struggling, it means he's going to come off hopefully a decent preseason and could come out of the blocks strong. So yeah, I don't mind that as a as a as a potential shout. I've done a little bit of fishing for us, and I've gone for Isaiah Papali'i. Now we love bounce back in uh, fantasy. And probably he went from a gun, and we just think, oh, he's gone to the Tigers, and he just fell off the cliff. But if we look at his average uh, in the first five games last season, he averaged 60.6. So that got him up, because he started reasonably high, and it got him up to a price of 857. And if you'd bought him early doors, you might have thought you'd got off to a good start, and he was going to be a season keeper. But unfortunately, that was as good as it get gets. But it seems like that's a bit of a trend with IPAP because in his last three seasons that he's had, he starts those first five games with uh, last year 60.6, 62 and 66. So there's a bit of a theme going on. The other benefit to IPAP is he is an Ironman and plays every game So uh, and with those big minutes. So if there's any upsurge from the Tigers, we will see a little bit of bounce back from him. Because uh, both his tackle bus and offloads were both down last year. But if Olam does come over, I believe he'll play on the same side as him. And that could just create a little bit more forward momentum, a little bit more hole running, and could really see an upsurge. So uh, if one of our guns that perhaps we start with 
was to fall over in round one, unfortunately cop an injury, and we're looking for a replacement in round two. IPAP could have five or six points in value, but the problem being he might not be a season keeper. But there's not there are slim pickings, aren't there? I suppose the other options might be Api Corosau as an option, B? Uh, yeah, but I think there's too many better options. Um, if Appy got the goal kicking again, potentially, but I see Aiden Caesar potentially taking that from him. Um, and again, there's there's other options in hooker around that price point, like your Reed Marnies, like your Jaden Braley's, even cheaper, Brandon Smith. Um, and only just a little bit higher is Reese Robson. So... Um, I don't I don't really see Appy as a buy. Um, going back to IPAP, though, Jay Warrior, is I've also heard rumours that he's going to be moving over to the right, which is where he was so dominant for Parramatta when he was there. So that's one to look out for in trials as well. Yeah, that's a good point. So definitely keep an eye out on trials. Again, we, we'll probably reiterate the point too often is that with having that first round buy, these players are not options round one, but potentially... Um, if you cop an injury or you're looking for players from round two onwards, um, you definitely want to keep in mind that uh, both IPAP and Bateman because there could be a little bit of upsurge this season. But what about our... No, 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 no. Well, we've always got our duds when it comes to Tigers. And Brendan, I don't want you to say their whole team is a dud. But I'm just going to mention a couple off the absolute top that if you go near this, these players, you have, you're just indicating to all your other mates that you're not serious about fantasy this season. <laughs> so if you pick up Brent Naden or Charlie Staines, you, you don't know fantasy and you don't, you might not even know rugby league because those two are so <laughs> bad. <laughs> but, uh, I think the bad thing for Charlie Staines is, is that he got given the, that nickname of Forbes for Ferrari, which makes him actually sound half decent. But, uh, yeah. Who would your dud or trap be? Yeah, you kind of put me on the spot there because my list was actually the entire team apart from the studs that were mentioned. <laughs> um, it's just, it's going back to our same point. I think we're going to be going back and forth to it, but it's the round one buy that's going to really make people struggle. And the Tigers being such a historically bad team, they essentially, apart from those guys who are historic keepers like your Batemans and your IPAPs, they are all duds. You know that. Um, you know, I think maybe a Jareem Buller, not a dud in terms of what his output is on the field, but I think he's just very highly priced for what you will potentially get from him. Um, but apart from that, yeah, they're just. I I say stay away from most of them unless they're basement prices, who you know are going to start in round one, judging off the trials all those season-long keepers who have done it in the past. Yeah, fair call. Although my dud or trap would probably have to be David Klemmer. And this is goes down to a bias that you've had if you've played the game long enough, as you can remember Klemmer pumping out some really good scores, scoring you know 60-point games, playing big minutes, offloading the ball, and being very fantasy-relevant. He's now just hit 30, and he's in quite a strong mid-rotation with, or prop rotation with Twal and uh, Stefan. So, it's, and even that young Finu's come over, and he, he's probably looking for an increased role. So, he's already overpriced uh, a little bit, and he lost 10 minutes from 22 to 23, 
And once you get to the other side of 30, your minutes don't increase. So don't fall for the trap of going, uh, he's a past player that used to be a gun and he could make a comeback. Unless his name's Sean Johnson, there won't be a comeback like that. Uh, he was also, and this was interesting because I noticed this with Bateman as well, and it also applied to Clemmer, was that he was down seven tackles a game from last year. Any theories on why the Tigers were down on tackles, Brenton? Uh, potentially because they were so bad that there's actually more missed tackles in there. Um, although with Clemmer, he had a pretty high um, efficiency rating. Maybe other teams just thought they could go around them um, because those edges were a little bit um, misfiring, I guess, on the on the defensive side. So therefore, nothing was coming through the middle. So therefore, his tackles were down. Um, that's the only thing. I've also heard that Benji is potentially saying that Clemmer can go find another contract if he needs to. So that's also one to watch out for because he may very well not be a starting prop at this rate. No, I could see that sort of role changing, and especially if you're trying to get him out the door. Uh, interestingly, you said that he had good tackle efficiency. He misses 0.3 tackles a match last season, so that's that's a pretty good stat. My theory on why, they, why the Tigers weren't making much tackles or as many tackles as previous years was it's hard to tackle when you're standing under your posts. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I... They're going to be a tough sell, but yeah, don't don't look for any bounce back for those sort of older style players that are in the team. But I guess the interesting part for all of us is when it comes to the old cashies. And generally when you've got teams that are rebuilding or having good rotation amongst their playing stocks, it does mean that there is going to be the odd uh, Cashy popping up. Is there anyone instantly on your radar, uh, Brenton? And I know there is, so come on, yeah, give them not, up. Not instantly, and it's not one that I say with too much conviction, but I'm very interested in having a look at how Aiden Caesar goes. Um, presuming, they brought him over for a reason, so I presume he's going to be the starting seven. Um, so I would see Aiden Caesar playing, and this is, sorry, I'll, I'll coerce this with saying that if Jaden Sullivan gets the six. Okay, so this is my prediction that Jaden Sullivan will get the six, Aiden Caesar will get the seven. I see Aiden Caesar playing a halfback role similar to like a Ben Hunt uh, when Sullivan was playing 5-8 at the Dragons. He's a dominant half. He's got a decent kicking game. I presume he would get the goal kicking back over Appy. Um, the only part that worries me is his previous fantasy stats. Uh, so I was looking at it before, and the season in 2019, his last season at the Raiders, he averaged 33 as a halfback. Um, and that is an average of 80.6 minutes because there was one golden point game. So not great reading, um, but can he do the same thing as like when Jackson Hastings came to the Tigers, all of a sudden he became a bit of a gun to have because he was doing everything as that halfback. So he's one to look out for um, to see if he's got that same kind of output, I think. And he's only 477k, so... Yeah, I think the concern is, is if you extrapolate the statistics from the Super League, it didn't look good. Yeah, I think he correct. was averaging 22, something very low like that. And again, another player on the wrong side of 30. Uh, you can't really, I, I can't see a, a case where he's going to be getting 50. Yes, he'll have all the kicking meters more than likely, uh, but I can't see him running the ball a lot and I can't see him doing a lot of goal kicking. So, 
a little bit of a tough one. And um, even I was scratching around trying to find someone that I thought might have a little bit of value. And the only person I could really find really four or five points of value, and that's not enough to really justify them as a cashy. But I went for Jaden Sullivan because I do believe he will get the starting six roll. Uh, and at 424k in that half roll, last year, if we take away his two junk minute games where he played, I think one of them he actually only played about six or nine minutes, uh, then and then do his average, he goes up to 35. And maybe under the Benji Marshall system, he might actually um, get that confidence knowing that he, he's getting first crack at the roll and he's also going to have a bit of a protector if he's on Bateman's side. Uh, so he's, he might be able to run with a little bit more impunity. But, yeah, again, it's not one that you're going to be signing up for. And I guess at the end of the day, any cashy is going to be really three-date rule, except for maybe one that we could put into our breakout sort of mould. And there's there's some wraps on this Finu kit, isn't there, B? Yeah, uh, I think it was Brett Kamali who's already come out and said that they are pretty much grooming him to be that 5'8 next to Jerome Luai when Jerome Luai comes over. Um, so well, I think that all ha- ha- that comment happened before Luai actually signed. So they were pretty confident they were going to get him, but that's that's essentially what they've come out and said. Um, so they've got massive raps on the kid. Like They've obviously signed his entire family through to the club. So... Um, <laughs> I, th- I think he's an injury away, and I think they'll take their time with him, um, unless injury. It's going to be similar to um, Carl Oluwapu for the Dogs. So when mm. he, he was touted as this massive star, Bulldogs paid massive um, amount of transfer fee to the Broncos because they saw the talent in him. And then all of a sudden injuries happen, and he has to get kind of elevated a bit quicker than I think he probably should have been. And I can see the same thing going to happen with this kid. Yeah. I think one of the differences between, say, an Oluapu and a Fainu is I'm hearing good raps around, A, he's a high-skilled base player, which, you know, that, that's what they say about all of them, hence why they've got good raps. But I think one of the differences that I'm hearing is, is that he's a strong front-on defender. And so generally what happens for those young halves is they just get targeted and end up copping a barrage of traffic coming their way. So if he is a good defender... It actually could help his stats or his uh, fantasy output because if he's a good defender, he's obviously not going to have those uh, high missed tackle games. And so if he gets a start, and I agree with you, he's one injury away, uh, and you've got to think that a Caesar uh, or a Sullivan, you know, cop some sort of soft tissue injury and he comes straight into the squad. As long as they don't do what perhaps they did with like a Talon de Silva last year and just trip feed him on and so we don't get any value. Um, I think most of us would do that. Would you say that the last trial game is a big, a big game for them? Uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna have to be off trials at the end of the day because you need to be the Tigers is the one team because of that round one bye that you need to have certainty in where you feel players are going to be playing and what their job security is going to be like. You know. If you see, you know, let's just say you see Appy get injured in the second trial game, all of a sudden Jake Simpkin looks like a great buy because he's at 314k, but you need to get the diagnosis on what an Appy injury would be like, Some, something like that. Um, so, again, I think it's so hard to bring any Tigers into your team. Um, 
unless you're going someone like a finer who potentially gets that role. And that gives you the option to loop as well in round one because you've got a team, a player that's on a buy and already got his buy out of the way. So I'll give you a scenario. Young Finu gets the starting role in the final trial. Is he in your team? Uh, he'd have to be. Um, I Yes and no. I'd be if he's named there, happy days. But you need to also watch how he plays because if he stinks up the joint or he has you know five missed tackles as, as a five eighth, then Benji may be like, oh okay, maybe that was um, a bit too much for him. Let's go put him into New South Wales Cup and run with these guys who've got a few games under their belt. Yeah, no, I think that's a given, isn't it? So yeah, I think that last trial will depend if we can fit one player into our team. I'll just run through my predicted lineup and. Uh, I did look at other people's, so I'm not saying I take full credit for it, but I have probably put one in that I don't think I saw in other people's list. So I've got, tell me if you disagree, I'll just do them two at a, or three or three at a time. So we've got Buller at the back, Junior Tupo and Charlie Staines. Have you those? Brendan? Yeah, uh, Charlie Staines might be interesting. He might have a bit of, um, a bit more pressure from like the Brent Nadens of the world, which is, you know, terrible to say, but. I think Charlie Staines is a better winger than Brent Naden, so I, I wouldn't say no no to this this lineup. And I'm fairly confident. I've put Justin Ollum and Stafford Tower in. Um, I'm pretty confident that deal's going to get across the line before the season starts. Y- your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, where there's smoke, there's fire. Essentially, unless it's unless it's something like the Taukiaho deal or this or the new Ronald Volkman news that we obviously heard today, uh, where something just comes out with a pre-existing injury or whatever, um, I can't see this deal not going through. Um, and they'd be crazy not to run this centre pairing because they're both they've both got a lot of upside. I think. Yeah, speaking of upside, Stafford Toa last year again another one that started on fire. I think he was one of the highest averaging centres early doors, and of course he gave an absolute bathed Valentine Holmes, which really sort of put everyone on notice and said, look out for him. And it wasn't really until I picked him up late in the season that he started to stink up the joint. So (laughs) is there a world where we could think about getting some value out of Stafford Toa? I think so. Uh, I think there's probably about three to five points of value in him. And centre is a crapshoot this year. It is so hard to pick. Um, because we, we don't know if those basement price guys are actually going to be in the team round one, like your Ethan Strange, your Kale Iros, even Ben Travojevic potentially. So do you find a mid-ranger who's got a bit of value, um, like your Stafford Towers, like your potentially your Jake Avarillos, Dean Mariners, Bronson Zeris, all those guys in that price point? Um, I think it's too big a risk to do it from round one. Um, I think you need to try and run with some cheapies until you find out who the performing centres are, um, and then jump on them uh, when you feel that timing is right. Yeah, I think that's actually uh, sage advice. So, um, yeah, I don't think we want to talk anyone into putting Stafford Tower in and no. uh, waiting until week, week one. I think we've already agreed on Jaden Sullivan and Aiden Caesar. Uh, I have got Clem and Stefano starting at the stage. Obviously, if Clem was to get moved on, uh, he wouldn't be. Arpi is a self-pick. Papali and Bateman also easy picks. Pole looks like he's still ahead of... Um, yeah, he, he's got that lock position at, at this stage, but he's quite a small guy for me, so I think that they're still experimenting with finding another quality edge. Um, so, 
Yeah, and obviously yeah. if that Olam deal didn't go through, then Bloor's in the mix there, isn't he? So. Yeah. I, I think the Olam deal is just a deal. It's not actually a player swap. Um, and I think Bloor is... Cause he's, has he already signed with the Storm for 25? Um, I, I don't think it's a swap deal. If they can make it a swap, then I think that's fantastic for Sean Bloor. But I do see Sean Bloor in this team if he's playing for the Tigers in 24. Okay. Then, yeah, that probably pushes Pole down to the bench. Um, the bench, I've got Twal and uh, Finu, the Samuela Finu, the prop. Uh, then, yeah, if Pole was to drop off because you're going to play Bloor, but otherwise I've got Kapoa there. And I've actually gone for Talon de Silva. I think he showed a little bit more than Simpkin. Um, but again, that's all going to come down to trial form and the like, and there's no value there anyway. So um, yeah, those players sort of stink it up a little bit. And that really shows the lack of depth for the Tigers because I guess 1-13, to 13, they're not an absolute train wreck, but if you cop a couple of injuries, they're pretty light on, aren't they? Yeah, I, I we've mentioned it so many times before, and we mentioned it at the start of this podcast, is that their forward pack on paper should realistically be going much better than a team that's running spoons pretty much two two years running. So, yeah, I, I hope they do better, to be honest. And essentially, change in front management, I think, is where it's going to start. Um, Benji will bring... Um, you know, a bit of belief into the team, hopefully, because I don't know why they ran, oh, Tim Sheens, oh, I'm only going to coach for one year, but this guy who's going to take over for me later, but he's not calling the shots now. I, I thought that was all a little bit strange. So hopefully with a little bit more stability up top um, and a flow-down effect, hopefully they actually perform a little bit better. Yeah, and I suppose with the signing of Luai and there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, so uh, hopefully they don't kick stones and, I agree. I think they've got a strong forward pack. I think they'll get off to an average start. You know, then they'll have the buy. So there's two points. They'll probably win two out of their first five games. Could win two out of their first five games. It gives them on six points. Um, and then, yeah, it's just once those injuries hit. So I see a natural decline. Um, there's not a lot of prospects. Their outside backs probably could do with some work, especially um, when you've got stains and... Naden sort of hanging around, they probably need to be replaced or upgraded. So I don't, I think it, we can both agree, Brenton, unless Finu uh, dominates or not even dominates, just has a solid final trial, uh, there'll be no Tigers in your team. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty well, mate. Um, the only other thing to consider, I guess, is if you are a draft player as well, uh, the Tigers have the buy in round 26, which is generally when your grand finals are as well. So be careful how early you are drafting your Tigers players. Uh, yeah, good point as well. So, yeah, that only really... I think if we're talking draft, we're talking Bateman, we're talking Papali'i, we're talking Corusau and Buller. And that's probably the only candidates, isn't it? Yeah, yeah maybe Stafford Toa, um, depending on how late you want to pick a centre and if he falls down, um, down the draft order. Uh, because, again, centres are crapshoot. If you're not getting the guys in draft like your Zach Lomaxes, uh, Stephen Crichtons, Bradman Bests, uh, those guys who have that those good ceiling games, um, I think Stafford told I think you can do worse than him. Yeah, well, no, can't wait to see the Tigers. Hopefully they're on the up and up. Uh, I won't hold my breath. But <laughs> roll on the Tigers, and thanks for joining us, Brenton. We'll see you in the next one. Yeah, no worries, mate. Thanks for having us.